Hi everyone and welcome to Empowering the Opposition. My name is Dr. Nafis Alam and our topic today will be Being Forever Alone, an alternate perspective to intentionally forgoing relationship milestones. So uh, in this particular context, uh, when we talk about being forever alone, we're not going to be assuming that it's uh, it's necessarily a bad thing, nor will we be assuming that it's necessarily a good thing. Um, you know, in true empowering the opposition uh, formatting, uh, we'll be talking about being forever alone. Uh, pr- uh, at first, from the point of view of, you know, of all the bad things that go along with it, um, the assumptions that are made, and then, you know, we'll take the alternate perspective in talking about being forever alone as a potential benefit in, uh, in many ways uh, that we can certainly explore. So first, uh, being forever alone, when we're talking about it in the current social context, it's the idea that from a uh, romantic partnership standpoint, um, you just don't have anyone. Uh, Sometimes uh, it's seen as a choice that's made on behalf of someone as opposed to by someone. So when someone uh, says that they're forever alone, um, generally it's implied that they'd prefer to be with someone, yet they don't have the the opportunity to. Um, Then again, you know, many people uh, sort of hashtag forever alone um, to sort of bring attention to themselves uh, maybe get people to feel sorry for them uh, in some way, uh, when in reality they prefer to be alone. They prefer to not have uh, uh, any sort of romantic partnership. So first, what are the negative sides of being forever alone? Um, you won't have any trouble finding studies suggesting that uh, companionship from a romantic standpoint, a significant other standpoint, Um, often leads to better outcomes if we're talking about finances, if we're talking about mental health, if we're talking about um, end-of-life care. Uh, In many categories, um, I would even venture to say that in most categories of academic literature, um, it's suggested that uh, being in some sort of significant other romantic companionship uh, partnership often results in better outcomes uh, throughout the course of life. So with that being uh, the case where being being forever alone, being alone in general, academically um, and, and also anthropologically is seen as a negative. After all, if everyone were to be alone, um, if, if no one were to engage in any romantic uh, partnerships, uh, and thus you'd uh, essentially assume not engage in any romantic relationships, uh, sexual relationships, you may have the extinction of the human race, right? So uh, it is a certain level of assumption that uh, that being alone, uh, not everyone can do it, not everyone should do it, because we do need procreation and uh, future generations to survive forward. Now, in true empowering the opposition format, uh, let's talk about the opposing viewpoint. So being forever alone um, may not be the worst thing in the world. Uh, many of you have heard that sometimes it's it's better to be with no one than to be with the wrong person. Um, and often those who are shamed for being uh, hashtag forever alone um, 
are compelled to find someone just for the sake of finding someone to be with. And thus, you know, if they if they are able to find someone that they simply just get along with, um, you know, uh, just, just a little bit, uh, they're compelled to believe that, well, maybe I should pursue a uh, long-term romantic partnership with this person because of societal pressure. Um, that may not be what's best for the individual or, or the individuals, plural, involved. Um, and uh, that, that societal pressure may result in a, uh, a negative relationship in that sense. So just that pressure uh, might be bad for that, uh, that partnership. Uh, beyond that, though, this is a topic that I've been giving a lot of thought to, um, especially as of late, um, as more and more of my friends are progressing into not just being married. In fact, most of my friends uh, are already married. I'm 37, so uh, it seems that most of uh, the friends that I have are, are already in long-term relationships. Uh, they're having children. Um, you know, uh, some of the children are old enough to start, you know, uh, you know, go right up against being teenagers as well. So, um, you know, life is moving pretty fast. And I sort of think to myself, <clears throat> in addition to the negatives, of course, you know, it's, it's always good to have a realistic picture of what's going on in, in, in your own life. Self-awareness is the most important kind of awareness. Um, one of the ways that I feel that um, <clears throat> being alone might be better for at least for for my mental health and maybe for uh, for people like myself, their mental health, is that I never have to worry. If I'm never in a romantic partnership, then I'd never have to worry about missing someone. Um, whether that missing comes from you know uh, the significant other going on a vacation, I don't know, to see her parents or something like that for, for a week or a weekend or anything like that, I, I wouldn't be building any sort of dependency. Um, some of my friends have mentioned how, you know, if their wife, uh, one of one friend in particular, he's, he's told me that if his wife is not in bed with him, he just can't fall asleep um, because, you know, obviously he wasn't born with his wife next to him. He was able to fall asleep before, but now over the course of uh, the years, decade really, um, there's been a dependency built and thus uh, he's not able to fall asleep without his wife there. Now what happens if his wife is uh, traveling for work or traveling with uh, with friends or family, uh, which has happened, he has a great deal of difficulty um, getting rest uh, because of that particular dependency. That's something that if, if I'm alone, as I am, uh, I never have to worry about. Um, if I don't have something, then I'm not able to miss it uh, if it's not there because I've never had it. So missing someone, whether it's the end of a relationship, which I never have to worry about if I'm not in a relationship, then I can't miss not being in one because that's just homeostasis. That's baseline uh, for me. Uh, so, you know, sometimes... You know, uh, people like myself might choose not to uh, move forward into a significant other romantic relationship because um, of a desire to avoid having to feel any sort of grief over a relationship that ends. Um, and thus, in order to avoid that grief, you simply don't initiate any relationships, and thus you've essentially protected yourself. Is it the healthiest way to go about life? 
opinions might might differ, uh, but it's certainly an option. Um, moving forward with children as well, and this is something that I've I've given a lot of thought to, even more so than a significant other, uh, because I uh, think I've always been of the opinion that I'm uh, I've always been more inclined toward being a parent than a than a husband. So, from the point of view of children, uh, news flash: those of you who know me know this, and those of you who don't, I don't have any children, um, and uh, uh, it's not looking good for the future. Let's say. Uh, now, is that necessarily a bad thing? Yes, of course. From uh, from from the con standpoint, who's going to take care of me when I'm older? You know, um, you know, how do I leave my legacy behind? You know, so there, there are certainly cons to that. Uh, but again, in empowering the opposition form, um, what are some of the pros that come from not having uh, uh, any any progeny, any any children to to leave behind? And I think the way that I would feel about a child, um, you know, growing up in in my, my in my house. Um, you know, going away to college, for example, I can't imagine how much it would hurt me to, to to watch my child. I mean, I would be proud, of course, but, you know, if for 17, 18 years my son or daughter has lived with me and, um, you know, I've essentially built a dependency, an emotional dependency on my child being there, um, watching them grow up and, you know, hit hit their milestones and all the all the you know roller coaster rides that they I'm sure they'd be going on through junior high school and and high school and all of a sudden they're ready to go away to college I think I would be very upset and I think any parent would be very upset proud of course but upset um at the fact that uh a milestone is being reached and you know uh things will never be the same again when the child becomes an adult and they're they're becoming their own person, they're moving away. Uh, you know, uh, you might joke around and say, "Yeah, I couldn't wait until you know such and such was 18 years old and would leave the house." But in reality, so many parents are just distraught over the fact that you know it's an empty nest now. Um, if the nest has always been empty, then you cannot be remorseful or you know or grieve an empty nest. And essentially, that that's sort of the way that I'm thinking of it. In that, like, if I never have children, I never have to worry about, you know, uh, my child, and my son or daughter growing up and becoming an adult and 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 going to college and you know uh, making something of themselves. Which again, if it were to happen, I would be proud of them. But at the same time, you know, maybe it's some some level of selfishness here in that, like, you know, if I've grown to love someone over the course of 18 years, I would essentially want them around and even with smaller milestones you know when when the when you've got babies and then just learning to walk and you know uh before school age before kindergarten uh let's say um that child is fully dependent on you for all of their all of their needs including emotional needs and all of a sudden you know first day of school comes and you drop them off they're crying but after a couple of days or a couple of weeks they don't even look back at you when uh, when they're going into the into into their school. It's like for you know half a decade, you know, I was your entire life, and now all of a sudden, you know, you've got you got your little friends that you've got, and you know, things just things just change. 
And, you know, one of the pros to not having children, um, especially for someone who I, I believe myself to be caring and loving, um, perhaps even to a fault, uh, perhaps one of the benefits of, of staying alone um, would be that uh, not having a significant other to miss, whether it's the, because of the end of a relationship or because of, um, you know, a vacation or a trip or anything like that, but also, you know, not having a child to miss. If you don't have a child, if you never had a child, how can you miss not having that child anymore? Um, so from that perspective, you could also make an argument that anything that is volatile in any kind of way or any relationship that could potentially change or any, uh, any topic or concept that could potentially change over time, you may not want to build a dependency on for the sake of your own mental health. Or you may want to build that dependency because that's what society says is healthy, right? Um, child rearing and, and, and raising uh, children and um, having, a, having an invested approach to uh, future generations is what humanity has been doing for the, you know, the, the entire lifetime of humanity, so from a historical and anthropological standpoint, that would make sense. So perhaps what I'm suggesting is, is uh, new age, perhaps a little too new age to be accepted by mainstream uh, culture, but it is something to think about. Maybe those who choose not to be in relationships, um, you know, uh, it's not because they don't have the capacity to love. Perhaps those who choose to remain alone are a little too loving. And uh, as a result of being hurt in the past, um, and falling in love and, and things like that, they've decided to uh, guard themselves in such a way to never be vulnerable again. And same thing with kids. Perhaps those who choose not to uh, find someone to have children with or, or just to have children, period, perhaps those people um, are just as loving, maybe even more so, um, uh, of of children and uh, the idea of uh, of progeny, um, in understanding that once the child is ready to leave the nest, the pain that that person would feel because of how much that person loves that child um, could be potentially unbearable. So, I guess uh, you know what I'll leave off by saying is this: uh, uh, just because someone is alone, just because someone chooses not to be in a relationship, and not to have children, it doesn't mean that they don't have the capacity for love. Uh, it may be quite the opposite. Now, obviously, you have to do your own assessment. You can never uh, paint with a broad brush. But it could very well be that those who are alone, those who are, uh, who are choosing to stay alone and, and not engage in any uh, particularly intimate or close relationships, um, Perhaps it's not because they lack the capacity for love, but rather maybe because they 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 love too much, and they they know that they can't, um, or they don't want to experience grief in the future, and thus they they choose not to experience love again, uh, whether it's significant other or children, whatever what have you, maybe even friendships, they choose not to experience love again because they know how they'll feel. Um, in those moments of grief, and of course, grief is uh, is inevitable, right? We always go into everything with uh, with a positive mindset, but 
you know, not all outcomes will uh, necessarily be positive. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'm Dr. Nafis Alam, and this has been Empowering the Opposition. See you next time.